On this episode of the Violent Professional Podcast, I sit down with Noel Brand, former Royal Netherlands Marine and co-owner of a strength and conditioning facility known as Breda SC. We talk about what it was like for him being in the Royal Netherlands Marines and deploying to Afghanistan, as well as his transition from the Royal Netherlands Marines to a full-time business owner. If you like this episode, please leave a comment below after the episode is over. This is the Violent Professional Podcast brought to you by AriesClothing.com. How's it going? Uh, it's going, dude. I'm uh, like, things are super busy right now, so it's a little bit challenging, especially with like the expansion we're doing to get everything, everything lined up. So it's just kind of like balls to the wall right now. You know that with business, it's it's fucking nuts. I'm sure yeah, it's the you, same out there. You're sleeping not too much, and uh, you're working way too much. Yep. I wanted to bring you on, and like the first thing I want to talk about to set the whole episode up is how we met was over. It's kind of like we we met on Instagram through DMs, and we started talking and developed a relationship over a little bit of time. Um, because for one, you support us and are like a fan of the climb team in Aries. Um, and you support us in, in like you've purchased stuff from us before. And then on top of that, what I thought was the most impactful is that you sent us a hat, um, in response to, you know, like just your support in general. So that was super awesome. And since that, that moment that we received it, I think that's where we really started, uh, hitting it off and talking over, you know, over, uh, social media. Yeah, man, it's, it's true. Uh, I ordered a, uh, Aries climb team hat, uh, one of the OG ones. I don't see anymore, but uh, I'm uh, I'm glad I got one. It's a yeah, good there's quality. And there's I was like there's not that many of them, you know. Like we only made a few of them, and I think it was like ten or twenty that we had. And so you've got like one of the limited edition climb team hats. But people keep asking for that specific one back. I uh, I love that one. I I wear it uh, like every I mean like second or third day, whatever of the week. I wear a lot of hats, and uh, but uh, it's definitely one of my favorites, and. Uh, uh, so I ordered one and I was like, whoa, this is a great hat. Let me just send something back, you know, and, and uh, I think quality is important. So it was basically like, hey, you guys have a cool hat. Let me send you one of mine. It's my only uh, – my, my gyms, my strength and conditioning gyms hat. Here you go. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah and that thing's awesome. I sent you a couple of stickers and I think I also sent you like a, a little something extra in there. It was a, a little square. I think it was a condom. Yeah, it might too. have been condom. Like, That's, hey, that man. thing is still there because we don't use condoms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, when I had those made, it was for our six-year anniversary of uh, Breda Strength and Conditioning, yeah. my gym, our gym, uh, where I'm the co-founder of. We had uh, we ha- every Friday we have a workout. It's called Fuck You Friday or yeah. FYF. That's like the Jim Jones that, stuff. Because yeah, I know you're certified in that. Thing. Yeah. So we for our. Uh, no, for our five-year anniversary, we had like condoms made, or just like the the wrapper is is printed, and it just says FYF. But it's a regular condom in there. But when I ordered it, I was like, and we were like planning the whole thing. I was like, I want a extra large or Chuck Norris size, <laughs> glow in the dark, ribbed, for anal use only. You know, <laughs> just something that is like totally out there. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What the anal fuck? Use. These guys are some sick puppies. <laughs> Am I supposed to wear this while I work out? Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, actually, you know, especially for other people that are also a medic, 
You know, you have like an NPA that goes up to your, up your nose, yeah, you know, yeah. you have like a, a, a certain a gel that comes with it, which is kind of like numbing and it lubricates. Well, I'm like, well, can I have that, you know, with the condom, please? Because that's, that would be great. But apparently you can't order those. So. So is it all dry or something? When you put it on, it's like just putting a plastic bag. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I sent you that and you guys came through. You know, I love the, the stuff you put out. You know, I, I love the way you uh, you guys at Aries uh, work your magic. And uh, yeah, man, just send something back. Um, enjoy. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So I'm yeah, talking we... about the cap. Yeah. So we, yeah, we... Ever since then, we we developed that relationship and started talking, you know, and just it haven't stopped. So now you're on our podcast, which is super dope because I think like we get I, one of the reasons I want to get you on is your history in the military, um, because we get so focused over in the United States about you know the United States military. But I know there's a ton of people like your photo for that I just posted for um, your episode like had a pretty decent response. So I know there's like, you know, people are interested in foreign militaries from the United States. And I think we just focus so much on ourselves being the Amer being America and egotistical. It'd be very interesting for people that listen to this to get a perspective and from somebody that was in the, uh, in the Marines over overseas from us. So if you could, um, I wanted to like get, you know, like your impression of what it was like being in the Marines. So, yeah, I've been in the Royal Netherlands Marine Corps for about 14 years and just about a shade under 14 years. And I, I just recently got out of the Royal Netherlands Marine Corps. Uh, we've been around since December 10, uh, 1665, which is, uh, I think, the second oldest Marine Corps in the world. I think the... the the Royal Marines of the United Kingdom or the, the British uh, Marines are a year older. They're from 1664. And, uh, but our Marine Corps, the Netherlands Marine Corps, has been around since uh, 1665. Um, it's not too big of a Marine Corps. It's only like 3,500 Marines. But then again, our country is only like 16 million people. Yeah. Uh, only has like 16 million people. Uh, I've been in the Marine Corps for 14 years and uh, I've been in the infantry. I've been with the 23rd Airborne Marines. Uh, I was a medic special forces there. I'm not a special forces uh, um, a Marine, uh, but that, that's the name of the course. So you have yeah. your Cromit Lifesaver, then you have your uh, PTLS, which is your uh, uh, Platoon Trauma Lifesaver, I believe. And then you have your medic special forces. I'm, I'm just a regular Airborne Marine, but you know, that's just what it, that was just what it was called. I served... Um, with um, the 23rd Airborne Marines for the biggest part of my time in the Marine Corps. And uh, I've been deployed to Afghanistan from November 2009 to March 2010. It was out of uh, Tarankot. We flew from uh, Kandahar Airfield to Tarankot, which is in Yurizgan province. Yeah. And then from there, we went to Kop uh, Tabar, which is slightly north of TK or Tarankot, and uh, we worked out of combat outpost Tabar, which is about in miles, I would say like five to six miles north of TK. We worked also, we also worked, and I want to mention this, we worked with uh, uh, the 82nd Airborne uh, on a number of times on combat patrols, uh, foot patrols in, uh, in that area. And I still talk to those guys uh, pretty regularly. Yeah, I was going to say there's, um, I'm sure just based on where you were saying, like 
I know those places. I know there's a lot of people that deployed to those areas as well from the United States, so that people yeah. listening to this will like can relate to. Uh, so, what were those areas like for you? Was it pretty heavy in combat, or was it a lot of foot patrols? Like, what did you do on a day to day basis while you yeah. were while you were serving over there? Um, I did a lot of foot patrols uh, because how it works with us for the Royal Nuns Marine Corps or the Dutch Marine Corps, whatever you want to call it. We are a, we are a, a small part of a bigger Navy, so we don't have a different branch specifically for Marine Corps. We have where we're the infantry of the Navy and we fall under the Navy. So if we want like uh, a military. Um, like uh, nurses or, you know, uh, Navy nurses or stuff like that, they will usually send uh, a female with us on patrol. And uh, I know there are a lot of badass females out there, so don't get me wrong, but the girls and the women that joined the Navy were never, you know, planning usually on being on foot patrols yeah, in yeah. Afghanistan with the, with the Marines. And, uh, uh, well, we got a couple of uh, badass women along with us, but also we had some less stellar females with, uh, with us. So they basically had a lot of use for medics. We are Marines. So shooters first, infantrymen first, riflemen first. And then they teach us how to, you know, hand out band-aids and stick needles yeah, in yeah. people and, and uh, apply tourniquets and, you know, uh, morphine and stuff like that. So it's, so that was basically what I did mostly a lot of foot patrols because, you know, not every time the Navy nurse would be able, you know, physically able to come out on a patrol again. So usually it was me who went on uh, you know, double patrol duty, so to speak, foot patrols. Um, we did a lot of work in uh, the the Darashan area. Um, and uh, we, we tried to establish like a, a bigger footprint for the coalition uh, and uh, uh, trained with A&P or went on patrols with A&P in the 82nd Airborne just to stabilize the area, that region just south, well, a bit south of the Chora Valley. Were, did you have any opportunities to like cross-train with any of the medics from the United States? Did you spend much time with them other than on the patrols working like, you know, some trading of knowledge or anything like that? Well, I did. Uh, and the medic that, uh, like the, the most experienced medic, in, in, well, I think he was one of the most experienced medics with the 82nd Airborne. Him, uh, uh, he and I were still friends. We talk, I think it's, it's well, I mean, it's been a, a ton of, well, a couple of years already, but uh, him and me, uh, Thad, we, we still talk. He's from Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, every, every once in a while, we'll send each other like a message. How is it going? And what are you up to? Um, so we not only trained together and went on patrols together, but we, you know, we became friends too. Oh, that's um, awesome. There's definitely a little different. There's, there's a difference between how the U S army and the Dutch Marine Corps, the Netherlands Marine Corps operate, uh, and also gear wise, you know, uh, we had some, uh, longer, uh, longer uh, rifles that we took with us and they all had M4s. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, like the Humvees and the, the vehicles we had, uh, but also like uh, the kit for the medics. Um, although we use the same principles, obviously they have some products that we don't have and vice versa. Yeah, so yeah. we switched a lot uh, gear or we looked at each other's gear and tried to help and teach and coach each other in becoming a better medic. The just outside of the uh, 
the, the or, or, or TK or, or our camp. They had like a, a U.S. camp specifically just for um, uh, Americans, which had some SF guys there too. And uh, it was a, a multinational base, but, but so we saw a lot of different people. But you know, we just happened to be with the uh, 82nd Airborne a lot, and uh, and that's fine by me. I mean uh great guys and uh they definitely made my deployment more memorable so oh that's awesome yeah um they the, actually the the other founder of aries was a uh, 82nd dude infantryman come again he was what he was an infantryman in the uh in the 82nd when he uh right. when he was in the military and then came over to to washington um what in terms of the Marines, from your perspective, because obviously similar, different, uh, different services, different, um, you know, country. What was, um, for you, from your experience, what was like one of your most favorite things about being in the in the Marines in in the Netherlands, and your least favorite part of it, if you could talk about that. I would say my favorite part would be my deployment. It, it was the crown on my military career. Yeah. So you mentioned this on a different podcast. You know, not everybody is, you know, air quotes, lucky enough to, to, to go on deployment. And just imagine your Marine Corps being 3,500 people, you know, yeah. if it's completely filled. And it's not currently. We have a problem uh, uh, with Marines staying because they're moving the military base. And everybody's like, I don't want to move to that part of the, the country. You know, fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm yeah, leaving so you, the Marine you have an option but to anyway, do that over Marine there? Corps, Come again? You have an option to uh, either quit or separate if you want at any specific time. It depends on when you sign. So if you sign for like six years or four years and that time is up, then you can add, yeah, you know, okay. like re up and yep, you can yep. join again or re enlist, you know. Um, but uh, at a certain part, they're like, well, you're, you're an NCO. I was an NCO as a, a corporal. So they're like, well, you can stay longer if you want to. And then and, and, and in a certain time, you get like a three month. You know, you you give like a three month notice, like, hey, I'm I'm leaving the Marine yeah, it's Corps. It's like the same and for us. You can if you you get everything squared away. So anyway, um, you're um, coming back to your question. Um, not everybody's lucky enough to 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 you know go on deployment, but I was lucky enough to to go on deployment, and and I would say that was you know, it was the the best of times and it was the worst of times. But you know, I miss those times. That yeah, was yeah. for all the marbles. You know, uh, not to you know, be a sound all cliche and stuff like that. But I wanted to do this. And, and you know, I know you're, you're JTAC or used to be JTAC, yeah. whatever, you know, that's your specialty. That's what you did. Well, I, I love being a medic SF and I love, uh, uh, you know, that specialty. And I wanted to be really good at it because, you know, you only get one chance when there's like a casualty and there's only a couple of ways how you can do it the right way, and there's a ton of ways to fuck it up. Yeah. And you don't want to fuck up with a – oh, same with the J. Oh, let me just drop this bomb just slightly to the left. <laughs> yeah, nope. yeah, exactly. Nope. So I'd say my best time in the, in the Marine Corps was my deployment to Afghanistan. And I know that sounds weird, and my, some people might be like, what the fuck? But for me it was, and, and I'm, I, I, sometimes I miss it. But uh, you know that time's passed, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's the the same thing that our guys go through is they miss it, 
it's like this love hate relationship. You want to go over there when you're here, but then when you're there, it's like, fuck, I want to go home, but you still want to do the mission and you still want to, you know, um, but there's still, you know, you miss home and all that stuff. But then when you're here, you're like, fuck, that was a good time. And I wanted to leave it at the time, but it's, it's one of my best memories, like some of my best memories and some of the most growth I've had in my life in general. Um, and who I am today are, are directly because of my time in Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that's, it's, you know, for people who've been there, they can't explain. And for people that never been there, they'll never understand. And yeah, that's exactly. fine. Cause it's something personal to, to, to you, to me, you and I could have been on the same team doing the same deployment, but you could have taken away other things than, than I or than me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, it's, uh, it's different. So, but uh, then the worst experience was probably being an NCO uh, and then working with people that were really micromanaging, which oh, was man. really frustrating. <laughs> and we just, I'm like, well, you talked about leadership and uh, extreme ownership, the book. Uh, actually, I actually gifted to one of my uh, senior NCOs, I gifted that book, just, you know, didn't put a lot of pressure behind it. Hey, you should read this. Perhaps you can pick something up. But I, I, I gifted the book and um, I don't think, and I think it was like two or three years ago. I'm very sure that book is still in the wrapper. I never not fucking being read it. Read. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But, you know, that was definitely something I was like that that sped up the process of me wanting to leave the Marine Corps to, you know, um, do something else. Yeah, dude, it's that. I mean, that's the same stuff, you know, we deal with over here. There's you have, I think, in anywhere, any work center, any type of thing in the military or whatever, you're going to have these people, so-called leaders that are not really living up to that standard, as we talked about on the one episode with uh, J.R. It's a hard thing, yeah. man. Um, I mean, everybody tries their best to be, you know, to be a, a professional, to be a good leader, etc. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm like the God's gift uh, leadership or whatever. I'm just, you know, uh, I know what I know and I know what I suck at and what I need to work on. And then I try and work on that and become a better person to be uh, a better leader or a better, a better coach or whatever, you yeah. know. But if someone would try and help me, I would be open to their, you know, uh, tips and, and, you know, oh, maybe I can work on this or work on that. But if you're like kind of closed minded and you are very sensitive to receiving criticism, even positive crit form of criticism, you know, that kind of, that's kind of tough. Yeah. Being humble enough to accept that we all have uh, faults and weaknesses and stuff. And if we can work, you know, like you may be good at something, but if you're horrible at something and having the self-awareness to, you know, and you're humble enough to accept those criticisms and then work on that shit so that you're a better human being in general is a, I mean, that's hard for yeah, people. Yeah, I, I, I put a lot of, uh, uh, I put a lot of stock in all those uh, stoic kind of uh, sayings or books. There's like a, a great book is called uh, The Daily Stoic. I, I yep, have it yep. on an, uh, a hardcover and an ebook. I just love that book. If I'm like, oh, just, really put your mind right. And I think a lot of people, well, for me anyway, it can be very beneficial. So um, Extreme Ownership, the book that I just mentioned, and, and The Stoic Daily, those are two of my favorite books. And, and I think that uh, Extreme Ownership, leadership, and the mindset of, you know, 
you always have to work on something and it will never be perfect. But, you know, uh, uh, just a whole mindset of, of uh, stoicism. I really liked it. And I, for me, it really helped. And, uh, uh, you know, just set my mind right to, to leave the military, to, uh, to now, you know, lead or coach uh, other people within my, uh, my gym or strength and conditioning gym. And I know it sounds weird, you know, lead other people or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Uh, you can't coach other people if you can't coach yourself or you can't lead other people if you, if you can't you know, kind of lead or manage yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that sounds weird at all, man. I think you're right on with it. Um, but we're talking about the, the gym a little bit and we, I think we talked about in the beginning of the conversation, but, um, yeah. Would you like to talk about your gym and how like you transitioned from being a service member and how you got, how you became passionate about fitness and then moving on to starting a gym? Was that something that you started like before you got out and then transitioned into it? Or, I mean, obviously you got out what, five weeks ago. So you had it before, but how did you uh, yeah. become passionate about all that stuff in fitness and then go to where you are today? So, that, um, so I co-own a gym. I'm the co-founder and co-owner of Breda Strength and Conditioning. It's a gym in, in a bigger city in the south of the Netherlands. Uh, while I was on, just when I stopped doing triathlon on, at, a, at a pretty decent level, I, uh, I raced the world championship half Ironman twice. So the world championship of the half Ironman, not the full Ironman. I raced there twice and... When I was racing it for the second year, I found out about kettlebells, and this was in 07. So it's, it was a while back, and I found out that strength training for my triathlon races was very beneficial. And I like uh, kettlebells, so I got, into, I got into kettlebells, and I even took uh, a kettlebell with me on field exercises, you know, if we were like in Germany or in England or on a on a boat or sorry navy people on a ship it fucking <laughs> floats it's a it's a fucking boat i don't care whatever so i took their kettlebell with me and i started training and even on deployment i i took like a kettlebell with me and i just started working out with it and and when i got back i was like oh wow this is pretty cool and i, I heard about crossfit stuff like that and i really got into that um and, uh, but I found that CrossFit is very, can be very positive in getting people off the couch, uh, and involved with, you know, training, you know, a body weight stuff, perhaps some Olympic lifts, if you're at the level proficient enough to, to start doing that. Um, uh, or like, you know, just, uh, just a power, uh, just, just a squat bench and deadlift, you know, just a powerlifting move, stuff like that. But, um, I got into that, and then uh, I was like, "Wow, this is really interesting." I did a couple of searches with uh, with CrossFit. I did about six, uh, but still, I had after each seminar, one was really good. It was uh, from uh, it's currently called Power Athlete, but uh, back then it was CrossFit Football. And I, I got in. I, I went to that seminar. I was like, "Wow, this is some. This is more than just regular CrossFit stuff." And they were talking about strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning. Well, I know in the States, you know, with the, 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 the high school or the university teams, they have like strength and conditioning, but they didn't really have it very well. It's not very well known in the Netherlands. So, I, so they dropped strength and conditioning terms on me a couple of times during the seminars. And I was like, I should see what this is all about, what strength and conditioning is all about and what it can add to my you know, toolkit. So I started looking around. And meanwhile, I was like, People were like getting 
you know, uh, excited about training in, in the, the, the uh, whatever you want to call it, functional fist, fitness, squat, bench, deadlift, body weight, kettlebell kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, cool. Well, maybe I should just rent a place along with uh, the other guy that I founded Breda Strength and Conditioning with. And it just started rolling. I started doing that while I was in the Marine Corps. And it just grew from there. We, we grew out of our first space real quick. And we're currently at, uh, yeah, uh, 120 members doing very well. The youngest person here training is 17, and the oldest is almost 68. And that's my mom. Oh, that's fucking and my, that's awesome. And my fiance trains my mom. And uh, my, my fiance, Sana, uh, who is the, uh, the only uh, female in Europe who is a Jim Jones fully certified instructor, uh, she has her own program called Strong Women. And, and she coaches them. I have my own program within the gym called uh, Defense Training Schedule. There's a Dutch term for it, but I'm not going to bother you with it. And I help prepare military hopefuls for Army SF, uh, Army Air Assault, uh, uh, Marine Corps, Marine Corps Special Forces. And uh, um, yeah, we just we just try and help. You know, I try and help, you know, military hopefuls uh, earn their beret and their stripe. And then we have our, you know, quote unquote, regular people who just want to, you know, look good naked and yep. lift some weights and move yep. well and stay uh, injury free and stuff like that. And that basically just grew. And like we mentioned before, you need to keep improving if it's on your coaching or your knowledge or your coaching skills, you know, or or something maybe not even in the strength and conditioning realm, but you have to keep developing your business or, or whatever. Um, and uh, that's how we grew. We grew every year and uh, eventually it got to a good point where I was uh, kind of like comfortable going like, okay, Marine Corps, I'm giving you my one new, one year notice and, and you can do that depending on what kind of contract you have. You can go like, okay, in 12 months, I'm going to go uh, be out out of the Marine Corps and they'll, and they'll, you know, let you take leave, uh, so you can study and stuff like that. And, and so I did, I, uh, I gave him my 12 months uh, notice and, uh, I, uh, I had a little budget that I built up in 14 years of, uh, serving and, uh, they were like, okay, so where do you want to spend it? And I said, if there's one course I still want to do, it's, uh, Jim Jones and I want to go to Salt Lake city and, and, you know, uh, spend all of my money there. Oh, that's awesome. So the, so the military in a sense paid for you to go to Jim Jones. Yeah. So that I, is super I think, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So I think that I personally spend with all the courses I did. So after the six CrossFit courses I did, I think I did close to, well, up to 20. So maybe until at that point, 20 other kind of courses and seminars and kind of forms of education on, on strength and conditioning and movement and uh, you know, uh, uh, programming and stuff like that. And then I had, I had a few and then they were like, okay, so you have this budget. What do you want to spend it on? I'm like, well, I'd like to go to Jim Jones. I never had the time or the financial means to, you know, pay for it. Cause it's, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap if yeah. you know what I mean. So it's well worth the money. And, uh, I took a year, uh, uh I, for myself, I said, in 12 months, I'm going to get out of the Marine Corps. Before I get out, I want to be a fully certified Jim Jones instructor. And so I, I uh, so Sana and I, my fiance and I, we went to Salt Lake City and both got fully certified. 
That is awesome, dude. That's a that's a great story. Like to to hear your transition from from the Marines to now you're you're living what the way you wanted to, and you had the the military help you along the way as you were transitioning yeah. out. So what do, what do you yeah, see I'm, for the next year as you like as you follow this path? Now you've separated very recently, and so what do you, where do you see yourself in a year, five years, ten years? Like, what's the future hold for you, man? Yeah, it is. Well, like you mentioned in a former podcast, well, actually the last podcast when you answered, well, actually my question it is, uh, it's now it's on to you to kind of like plot out a course and then go for it and then you know uh, to 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 stay that course or go for that 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 goal. So for us now, we're trying to look if we can find a bigger space uh, because we are growing and that's positive, obviously. But we want to – I think quality is very important, and I think quality should – people always will pay and are attracted to quality. If something is worth uh, – you know, if, if it's a good quality, you want to go there or you want to buy that product. So our mission statement is uh, – we have a mission statement with our Breda Strength and Conditioning, and uh, one of the things we hold very high is, is quality. I think that's very important. So, yeah, Absolutely. We always want, so for the next year, I want to deliver quality. Every time people are in the gym, I want them to have the best hour of their day. And that could be, uh, you know, maybe uh, not go full intensity, but I want them to go get better. It could be they need to emphasis, uh, put the emphasis on their breathing or, or whatever. So I want to uh, deliver quality this year, next year, in five years, in 10 years. And if it's in coaching or programming or service, or uh, the way uh, the, the, the gym is set up, you know, the gear or the materials we use, I think that's important. We're looking to move, and obviously when we're moving, when we're expanding, I want a good quality material that, that we use for our, our um, workouts or our training. Uh, but I also want, you know, like, like good shirts or, or whatever. So always trying to uh, improve our products, our service, and our, and our classes. And I would like to um, – uh, we're coaching the very first Jim Jones Fundamentals um, very shortly this month, end, end of this month. Um, and in, in the Netherlands, we're, we're going to be the first one hosting it, the Jim Jones Fundamentals. And so I'd like to do more seminars with Jim Jones, maybe our own kind of seminars, which we have done before, you know, and, and just really try and build – a better group of people here who move well, who have energy, are not susceptible to injury, stuff like that, who perform well. And the thing is, you can't rush quality. It's it's like you can't rush, you can't get an 18-year-old whiskey in two years. You can't get that. Well, I certainly hope it won't take 18 years for us to reach a, a certain level of quality, but you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, you can't yep. rush things that way. Yeah. So obviously we have like, um, uh, to get there, we have like our mission statement and I'm kind of reading it off my, my phone. Uh, so I'm, let me just loosely translate it in English and please bear with me people because uh, all the English I've learned is from Saturday morning cartoons when I was a little kid. Um, so our mission statement is, uh, strength and conditioning uh, we'll, uh, we make people physically and mentally stronger. Our training, uh, our workouts are simple, but they're not easy. We use uh, minimal tools to gain maximal results. Uh, we put the emphasis on quality, technique, 
working hard and helping each other. Every time that our members are in the gym, we want to give them the best kind of training every time. It doesn't, I, uh, it doesn't matter to us what your 100% effort is, but give us your 100% effort. And with that mission statement, we will, that's kind of our foundation. And from there, we want to you know, branch out in, in a year, two years, four or five years, whatever. That's awesome, man. I love, I love that. Um, like, it seems like you, like with the quality and everything, you were into creating value in your company, which is something I'm super passionate about. Like, there's more to, to just starting a company. As you know, like we've talked about this before, entrepreneur, entrepreneur life is an all day thing every day of the week. And what you've done um, through your transition and then creating Breda Strength and Conditioning is is awesome. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck over or, you know, it's not luck, really. It's like you put in the hard work and you're going to get where you want to go, you know. But I I hope yeah. all the best for you, man. It seems like you've got something really going good going for you as I looked at your your social media and, you know, you as a person in general, just talking to you is is awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, it's like what you said about, you know, uh, quality or what I said about quality. You know, everybody does his or her own thing. Uh, I'm just glad I got the chance to now get out of the Marine Corps and do this. And it's not something it's not I'm not going to be like, oh, it's so difficult, but it's not definitely it's not certainly isn't easy but if you love what you do and and i think if you try and create something valuable or try and deliver quality you know i just want to do that i want i cannot i don't want to under deliver i'm not here to just uh you know people who come in here are not just walking wallets and it's yeah. like hey give me your money yep it's that's like a, i mean that's a huge thing that i talk about there's a lot of companies especially in the united states which is capitalist right so it's like there's a lot of companies out there in my industry, in your industry, like all different kinds of industries where people try to just make as much money as possible before they tank out. And so creating a long lasting business or a corporation or something like that is hugely important if you want to be, you know, if you want to be around for a while, having value, having a foundation, having all that good stuff that creates a solid company that's long lasting is important, you know? Yeah, I hear you, my man. Yeah. And, and I mean, compared I mean, I can talk about this all day. I can talk about programming and training and stuff like that all day. I mean, I hope, I certainly hope she's compared, definitely compared to the, the fucking one, uh, 160th uh, pilot who was a ranger. That's like, I'm like, rain on somebody's parade because uh. everybody's like, yeah, those podcasts are the fucking, fucking kitties titties and his, then i come in and i'm like it's a fucking dutch guy talking about how he left yeah, the Marine Corps and but now he people has- are interested in this shit i know like there's some apprehension but like there people are definitely will be interested in hearing from you about what we're talking about and, and you can't compare because like i know it's kind of like in a a thing where it's like oh this dude from the 160th and you know i get it all the time people are like well i'm nothing special it's like no we're all special we all did something we all served like you answered the call to you know defend your nation and the entire world in this time of crisis but we all have a story to tell about this it doesn't matter if you were special operations or or not or whatever but that i mean on that that dude is a unique guy that you can only get stories from him when we're drinking at like applebee's in the united states or something like that because he can't yeah. his 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 job was so fucking sensitive 
um, he can't talk about anything like and so like the fact that he was able to tell that story is is interesting because it was written in a book by some dude that got in trouble for writing it so he was like fuck it i'll tell that story so <laughs> but yeah man i wouldn't think there, of that way everybody anyway, so might as well yeah, yeah. people uh we people some, are interested in i'm sure they'll be interested in to a gym Oh, I'm sorry, my man. Oh, I was saying, like, people will be interested in this podcast, too. They, like, they'll, we'll have some good reviews, and people will love to hear from you. I'm excited. To, I was excited to be on, and, you know, it's an honor to be on. Uh, you know, what you guys do, I, I, I support what you guys do. And uh, I think, you know, quality is something that you can recognize. And if somebody's passionate about something, you recognize that as well. Obviously, you know, you and I, we were, uh, you know, like, sliding into – each other's DMs all the time. Sliding in there. But um it can slide right in there. Hey girl. <laughs> no loop. So, uh, just straight. <laughs> yeah, you were drinking. I you you were like already like six beers deep. You're like, hey, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> like, sure. Why I don't not? think I was drunk when I said that. Maybe I don't hey, know. Hey, can never tell no, these days. No, you're a medic, right? Does this look infected or no? I know you're in a in a different country, but can you give me an IV? I'm t- seriously dying. <laughs> Oh well, I think some things <laughs> never changed. I, I think I remember when when I was in uh, doing like the medics course, and you know, I, sh- I shit you not, there actually we there were some drunk drunk SF guys walking back and forth, bleeding, trying to stab each other with a needle yeah, to give yeah. each other an IV. Like hey, standard, I don't want to get hung over. Give me an IV already. That's fucked. <laughs> so most of the stereotypes are true. Yep, yep. Well, anyway, man, it was really awesome to have you on. I would love to get you on again and talk about the, your uh, perspective on fitness, dive more into your company and business in general, because obviously that's what I'm huge on. That's why we do the podcast, because the side part is we want to talk about business and transition. That's really what the focus of this whole thing is. Is cool stories, yeah, but transition out of the service is what you know, like everybody has to face eventually. So um, we'd love to give you, give you a little bit more time and then get you back on and talk about uh, business. Yeah, man, let's let's do it. Um, definitely uh, would be my pleasure to be on uh, on uh, on your podcast again. Definitely, man. Uh, what else would you like to say? You've got a Instagram page and a Facebook, or do you just have an Instagram? Where where can people find you at on there? Well, first of all, for anybody who listens uh, to this, so all two people that are listening uh, <laughs> to my podcast, my part of the podcast, it's a few more than that. Uh, you're if you're ever in the Netherlands, you know, just go to the website www uh, Bravo Romeo Echo Delta Alpha, uh, share at charlie.com. So Breda sc.com and just send me an email or go through the website and, and, you know, ask, Hey, so, uh, Mike from Aries told me to, you know, come on by and get a workout in. You just send me an email. You're more than welcome to come by. Uh, so you, we have, uh, Breda sc.com. Uh, obviously we're on Instagram, Breda sc uh and my own is brand.sc and sc stands for uh strength and conditioning obviously um we're on youtube we're on instagram facebook you know uh follow me on tinder oh no wait oh I'm, man I'm about to get married yeah. Oh shit! You gotta I randomly run that. into you. I think you're probably on Grinder or that's something like that. That's how we met. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. it. We were like interested in men. I'm like, hey, that kind of guy looks kind of looks kind of good. We found each other oh, on Grinder. It's, it's a weird. Match. It was like it's, oh yes, yeah. six thousand miles away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act all coy with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah, man. If, if if anybody wants to swing by in the Netherlands, you know we got good beers and other stuff too. But you know, and a good strength and conditioning gym. 
they can find me uh, uh, in, uh, in Brera. Awesome, man. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Appreciate you coming on.